Welcome in. This is your betting preview for this week's BMW Championship. I'm Rick Gaiman. That right there, Andy Lack. Andy, here we go. Final, like, realish event of the year, right? We're going to do starting strokes next week. This is 68 of the best players with no cut. This this feels like uh, the last gasp before we get to, like, the, you know, fall swing. Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, I, you know, we can debate. Uh, how we feel about next week from like a betting and DraftKings purpose. But I would say that I think most people probably agree that this is our last real, um, you know, full, full ish kind of half ish field event where it feels like it's a real, you know, PGA tour event. So I I'm excited for it. I mean, I have, we can get into the course a little bit, but, um, great field obviously. And, uh, I'm excited to see what these guys do this week. Yeah, so the odds are interesting when you get to this point in the season. Here's the odds checker grid so you can shop across places. But for the most part, Rory McIlroy's the favorite 11 to 1. Then everyone else is lumped somewhere between 14 and 20. That's Rom and JT and Fitzpatrick and Finau and Zalatoris and like like everybody, right? So, um I suspect one of these guys very likely to win. Uh, we either have to find the right guy or just like avoid the top of the board. This is like, this is a lot where card construction comes into play. Right. I, I would, I, I would take a shot. I mean, I feel, I per, feel pretty comfortable saying that one of these guys is going to be the last man standing. Uh, for me, it was between Rom and JT. Uh, I ended up going with JT. Um, I <laughs> said, so we could talk about Rom first. Um, Okay, Whatever we'll do J. Want. We'll do JT. Let's do JT. <laughs> Let's do JT. Um, so here's the thing. I mean, this golf course, it's Wilmington Country Club. We have zero data on it. We've never seen it for PGA Tour competition. But if you go through hole by hole um, and kind of map this course out, it's a lot like a lot of the other Robert Trent Jones courses that we have seen in the past, whether they be. Robert Trent Jones Golf Club, Firestone, Congressional, Bellarive, Baltus Roll. And you look at the types of players that have performed the best on those types of courses where there's kind of this common through line where it's asking you these pretty straightforward questions off the tee, right? And um, it, it turns into a lot more of a second shot golf course where middle iron play is essential. It's JT. JT answers the bell. Um you know, Robert Trent Jones heavily, heavily, in my opinion, over bunkers his golf courses. These greens are very massive. Um, and so at an extremely elementary level, if you want to say, hey, the three things that are going to matter this week, lag putting, bunker play, and middle iron play, the only player in this field, there's two players. It's Hideki and JT that are the best at those three things. Like I said, it's Hideki and JT. So for me, Justin Thomas would be my pick to win this week. I I want to get there, right? Like I I agree with everything you've said. Does this at all worry you that he has seemingly lost the putter, losing in four straight, and that is like that was by far the most improved thing for him this year? And now, like, is it gone? Has he lost the touch? Is that is that is that is enough to worry me? But maybe I should for, forgive and forget. No, I, I, I think that's a very valid concern with JT. And I, again, like, I think the issue here at the top is these guys are all such great options. I could make a case for every single one of them. You need to find something 
with every single one of these guys to figure out a way to cross some of them off. And I think your concerns about JT's putter are valid. I mean, have you made a move at the top under 20? I haven't. Um, just the way that I kind of construct my card, I kind of started at like the 20, I think I got a 28 on Cam Young. But if if I were, I think it'd be this guy. I think it'd be John Rahm. Yeah. Um, who's just, you know, probably the best driver of the golf ball on the planet, who, you know, gained the most strokes, uh, ball striking last week that he had since Mexico, who's like figuring out the short game. And uh, he, he's, it just feels like it's about to happen for him. Right. And he better get moving. If he wants a realistic chance of winning the FedEx cup, he better go out and post something this week or else he's going to start like seven shots back and have no chance. He has wasted one of the great driving seasons of all time. I mean, yeah. he has been so incredible off the tee this year. And all he's got to show for it is basically like a cord fairy tour win. It's almost like a, a quarterback that's breaking all of these passing records, but the team goes four and 12, right? Like it's hard to believe that Rom is going to finish his year and all it's going to be is a win at the Mexico open. Right? So I think Rom is dangerous as hell this week. I ended up going with JT as my guy, but I will be heavily invested in Rom in other markets, whether that be the matchups, which we can talk about. He's a big DraftKings guy for me this week as well. So I'm with you. I think it's Rom and JT at the top and you know, there, you can make great cases for a bunch of these guys, but those two would be my favorites. Yeah, the next tier is is uh, interesting as well. I know Cam Young w- is going to try to pull off the community win again. Uh, <laughs> twenty eight to one is the number that I got him at, but I could make a case for Sung Jay. I could make a case for Victor. I could make a case that in no world should Jordan Spieth be longer than Tom Kim. Like I just find this to be a fascinating section of the board. Yeah, I, I there's listen. I mean, I. I like your guy Victor a lot this week and and I've I've kind of been saying this a lot but this Hovland has provided some kind of cover for some of these other guys like a Morikawa that have been struggling around the greens just as much for me in this range it's Hovland and Morikawa were the two guys that I was the most interested in in that like 20 to 35 range um I think both are great options you want to talk about Two players that Hovland, it's interesting with him. You know, if you dig into it, he's not even obviously you want Hovland on a course where he has a long iron in his hands a lot, just like a John Rahm or Will Zalatoris. But Hovland's a great short iron player, too. He's a great wedge player. Obviously, he's a great driver of the ball. Um, and he showed me enough last week, right? Like, again, lost around, yeah. Lost a couple around the green. He's actually been putting pretty well too recently, and the he's irons putting are well. And he's just he's he's getting more consistent. It's not as you know the the ball striking metrics aren't as eye popping as we saw earlier in the year, but he's starting to get more consistent. I know that these are not even a fraction of the size of the greens at um, like the old course, but hey, you know, you get eighty one hundred square feet, you hit a couple more greens a week. It takes you know chipping out of the play for a couple more holes, and hey, maybe Victor Hovland finds a way to the top of the leaderboard. Right. I mean, would you, would you go Hovland over, or would you go Cam Young over Hovland here? If I had to choose one, um, Mm -hmm. uh, probably, I mean, Young gained nine strokes ball striking last week, and that's not even an outlier for him. He's done it four times in his last eight starts. And I'm shocked at how bad he is on bent, but I only have 16 measured rounds for him on bent and he's generally a very good putter and he punted away, I think five and a half strokes last week. So, so I think 
if I just removed the names and looked at the stat profiles, I would be, I would have bet young almost every time over Victor. That's fair. Um, I want to ask you one more quick question about Jordan Spieth. I think there's two ways that you can look at Jordan Spieth this week. Way number one is you can say, I test wise, this guy looked terrible last week. He was doing, I don't know if you caught some of him. I caught him on featured groups on like, I think it was Friday morning. The rehearsal was back in full force and it was actually even you know, maybe it was because we haven't seen it in a couple of weeks, but it just, it felt even more jarring than usual. But you could also say the counter argument to that is look at what his stats were at the masters, very eerily similar to what they were last week at the FedEx St. Jude's. And what did he do the week after the masters? He won the heritage, right? So are you kind of in the campus? No, I'm going to trust what my eyes are telling me. There's something completely off with Jordan speak this week or do you feel like there's kind of a really interesting buy low opportunity with him uh more so the latter i i think that he's proven yeah from week to week you don't necessarily know what you're going to get but over the long haul you know he is an absolute high ceiling golfer that should benefit from wider fairways i worry that he three putts like nine times this week but outside of that right i just I think anytime and we kind of saw this a little bit with Morikawa last week, right? It's like the number's just too big. It's just too big for a guy who is 40 to one in some places that if he gets in the mix on the weekend, you're like, okay, he, he might just Jordan speed this thing. Yeah, no, I I'm with you. And I, again, I think like for my betting card, I wasn't able to get there. Uh, but I think he's a very intriguing option for DraftKings. I've seen you moving down the board a little bit. Yeah. Like, there's it, for me, there's like a cutoff with like Aaron Wise and Hideki, in my opinion. Like, I don't think I would go lower than those guys. Would you? Probably not. So I love Cam Davis. I yeah. think Taylor Pendrith is very interesting. I think JT Poston's being overlooked, but are they actually going to win the golf tournament when all of these guys get together? That's the question. And the answer is probably not. So I, I actually kind of drew the line at, um, at like Terrell Hatton, 55, 55 to one again, probably benefits from a little bit wider fairways. He's been playing well recently. Like that, that's, that's kind of where I drew the line. But if you want to go to one more spot down to Aaron wise, I'm fine with that. Yeah, I know. I, I, let's wise is a guy that you and I have talked about a lot pretty much all year. And I don't think that he's had the season that we were probably hoping for or expecting, but he hasn't been bad either. Right. All of the, all of the signs are still there. I mean, look at what he did from a ball striking standpoint last week. And you want to talk about a player that seemingly tends to do some of his best work on tree line bent grass courses. I'm looking at that second at Memorial. I'm looking at a six that Firestone in his only appearance. He's the type of guy that could maybe, you know, looking at who's won the BMW championship in the past. It's a lot of guys at the top, but you also have that occasional Mark Leishman, Keegan Bradley. To me, he would be the best candidate to feel fill that Leishman Bradley role this week. Yeah, he's had a great year, just didn't win, which is what I was hoping for at some point. Um, these are the types of guys, though, that you can get access to in other markets. Uh, matchup markets, particularly here's Bet365. Got the matchups here at um, at DraftKings. You mentioned access to like a John Rahm 
in matchup markets, right? Let's see who they've got. They've got Rom minus one twenty against Justin Thomas. That's of course mm. the two guys that we've been debating. Bet three six five has the same thing. John Rom minus one twenty over Justin I, Thomas. I, I I was gonna write this. I don't. I think it's on Fanduel. I was gonna. There's a Rom uh can't lie out there that I really like and there's a Rom Fitzpatrick out there that I really like. They have a little more juice. Like I think it's Rom minus 125 or minus 130 against Fitzpatrick and same thing with Cantlay. But I I I really I think that's a good way to get down on on Rom this week for sure. Yeah, it's you know I, I stared long and hard about at his at his outright number. That's and so funny that Cantlay is is checking all those boxes. He's in dominator. The he's yeah. a dom. I mean, he's been he's been so good recently. That's the thing. The, he's the like long- the ideal matchup guy, Cantlay. So you, you know, it makes sense. He's so damn consistent. Yeah, he does. He just constantly gains strokes to the field. Gains at least one. Gains at least two. Um, how about a couple of these other ones here? The, this this whole Tom Kim Jordan Spieth debate. Uh, okay, so from an outright perspective, I think I'd pref- I, I think Jordan Spieth wins wins this event more often than Tom Kim wins it. But when I see Tom Kim in a matchup against Jordan Spieth, I'm like honestly kind of intrigued about the Tom Kim side of it. Look at what I mean. Tom Kim didn't he gain like another five, six, seven strokes ball striking last week? And insane. He gained eight. Oh my goodness! And like it just seems like. I've started to notice this more this year where it just, it seems to me like once these guys get rolling, it seems like you kind of just got to ride them until the wheels fall off. And I didn't play Tom Kim last week because I felt like the price was increasing on me and I had kind of missed it after the Wyndham and he's played like six, seven weeks in a row. And the price is up there again this week. He's now he's nine K in DraftKings, but like, I mean, the guy's 20 years old, right? And he's he has this like just kind of happy to be here mentality that I think is gonna last all the way through Eastlake. So yeah, on a on a matchup with Jordan Spieth, give me the Tom Kim side seven days out of seven. Uh DraftKings also has him up against um who who did I just scroll? Oh, Terrell Hatton. The other one here I think is interesting, and, and I want to get your thoughts because this is kind of very much golf course related. Cam mm-hmm. Young and Corey Connors. Cam Young minus 120 to Corey Connors. I love Corey Connors, and, I, and he's generally pretty good in matchups because he's going to finish like T18 every single week. But um, I, I don't think his strengths are particularly magnified here at Wilmington Country Club, while I think on paper Cam Young's could be. What are your thoughts on that? Right. I, I generally tend to agree with you. I think that um, let's look at a course like Detroit Golf Club. And I, and I don't that Cam Young has had so much success. And I don't think that if I had to make a guess, I think Wilmington's going to play harder than Detroit Golf Club. It's a little bit of a longer golf course. It has um, one less par five. But let's look at the way that Cam Young was able to experience so much success at Detroit Golf Club. He pulled driver a ton. And what you get out of this bluegrass rough is that it's a lot easier to control spin out of bluegrass rough, especially when you're approaching these massive 8,100 square foot greens. So I expect us to see a lot of drivers this week. I think players are going to pull driver a lot, which they always tend to do on Robert Trench Jones golf courses like a Firestone, you know, even with narrow fairways, right? Because you can kind of get those wedges 
out of the thick rough to these larger greens. So I agree. I think we're going to see a very similar strategy off the tee that Cam Young was able to use to find success at Detroit Golf Club. And Corey Connors, you probably want him more so on a course where there is a massive premium on hitting the fairway. And I'm not sure I'm seeing that this week. Uh, fair enough. Okay. Well, let's continue to roll on here. We've got to do props. We've got to chat about one and done, but first we are going to hear about Andy's podcast. Andy Lack is not only the co-host of The Scramble, but also produces his own show, The Inside Golf Podcast. It's available twice a week, focusing on course breakdowns, DFS, and betting strategies for every PGA Tour event. Admittedly, I was drawn to Andy for his data-driven approach, which you'll find on his Sunday shows as he breaks down the field. But I'm even more impressed by his passion for course architecture, which offers a different perspective of our great game. Mix those together with insightful and humorous guests who don't take themselves too seriously, and you've got a recipe for a great podcast. Follow Inside Golf Pod on Twitter and download Inside Golf wherever you download podcasts. Okay, Andy, here are the props via prize picks. They've got birdies are better, birdies are better, matchups, and strokes available. Let's start with strokes. It's a par 71. We're doing a lot of speculating and trying to get reconnaissance from the ground about the South Course at Wilmington Country Club. It's got the four-inch rough, but of course, we know, as you mentioned, a little bit easier, a little more predictable uh, results from said rough. So you'll see the big boys here are sitting at 68 for round one scores. Um, I could probably be convinced to go under under on a couple of these guys, but I, I think I'd prefer to find the hook on like Matt Fitzpatrick, 68 and a half, take the under, even like Tom Kim, 68 and a half, take the under. Th those, Sung JM, same thing, 68 and a half. Uh, those are the three most attractive to me. What are your thoughts on how these lines have been set for round one? I'm with you. If I'm leaning one direction, it's the under, especially because the course has gotten some rain. And if it's going to play tougher, it's probably going to play tougher over Saturday and Sunday, right? We always, we generally see the course tends to firm up. You know, we get closer to finishing time and that's when we start seeing players go backwards with the added pressure. Um, I like the Sungjae under 68.5. I mean, I don't see any particular reason to stop riding Sungjae right now. He had back-to-back runner-up finishes, and I guess the 12th place finish last last week was a little bit of a letdown for that, but he still played absolutely great golf. I, you know, I was struggling to find how I wanted to get down on Sungjae because I think he's going to carry a lot of DraftKings ownership and I couldn't get there with the outright number. I love that Sung Sungjae under 68.5. Hideki's an interesting one to me too, because he's coming off these back-to-back -back withdraws, but you look at the course fed, and this is a guy that's won at Firestone. He's been so good. I think he's got top 10 finishes at both Baltus Roll and Bella Reeve, the two PGA championship venues in the last couple of years that were designed by Robert Trent Jones. And, you know, you look at what he does coming off a of WD and it's a 14th at the masters and a fourth at the Olympics. Sungjae and Hideki are probably the two most interesting ones for me. I feel like Hideki, you know, with the withdraw stuff, I, I, I don't know how much I want to read into that. Hideki's just like the ultimate X factor this week. You can find like a 60 to one. He's probably going to come in very low owned. You can probably get some pretty good, you know, exposure to him in other places, but it's, I have zero idea 
his range of outcomes is literally win or WD playing two shots, right? Like it's really, it's really bizarre. So I think picking and choosing where you can get access to him is, is the way to do it. Right. And if he, so if he W, if I put that prize picks pick in now yeah. and he WDs before Thursday, it's a, it's a push, but if he starts playing, we're out. It's a, it's a loss. Right. Right, okay. Correct. Yeah. So. I, I, I don't think he's going to withdraw this week. I would be very surprised. Uh, the other one, just want to give a shout out to JT Poston. So he's sitting at 69 under 69 is, is, I mean, that's two under essentially. And, uh, he's been phenomenal. Okay. And also I think I used to have, and I've, I've gotten into this mold with a couple of other guys where like, I just get stuck on what I think the golfer is. Like I just, for the longest time was like, I was Shane Lowry is just this short game specialist. And he's not, I mean, he's just turned into like a great ball striker. JT Poston is not a short hitter, right? Like he is like basically tour average over like the last 50 rounds off the tee. When I think of him as more like a dink and dunk kind of guy. And he's just so well-rounded and playing great that um, I'm excited to see how he, how he plays in this, in this field. Yeah. It's, I mean, a lot of these guys like Jordan Spieth is not a short hitter. Colin Morikawa is not a short hitter, but when you stack them up against Cam Young and John Rom, they feel short, but like, yeah, I agree with you. JT Poston, he's no Kevin Kisner or Brian Harmon. I, I don't think this golf course is going to be, Overimposing. Like, I do not think that this is a, I think distance is an advantage here, certainly, but I do not think that any player is too short here to compete. And Poston is a microwave, man. When he gets hot, I mean, he, he's usually able to sustain it for a couple weeks and he's kind of in the midst of a really great run right now. And I don't really see many signs of him slowing down either. Yeah. Even Poston will have nine holes where he is driver nine iron or something like that driver wedge into i agree with that yeah. yeah i would agree with that uh one and done i mean this is probably the finale for most people so i'm i'm hoping at this point there is not a whole lot of strategy to be had andy because if you are really pondering what to do this week you've probably played your last couple of weeks wrong right you probably should have had an idea at least a couple of weeks ago what your final plays were going to be, but, um, it is kind of interesting to finish the season at a golf course. We've never seen before finish the one and done season on a golf course that we've never seen. So you're probably just playing best available, right? Just best available. Right. I'm out of it. I had it in the bigger one and done the fantasy golf championships one. I needed a win or a top five, I think. And I went with Hovland and, uh, was it didn't end up being enough, but yeah, actually I want to give a shout out to, and this is a Rick run good member and discord guy. Um, he is this guy, Brett Campbell is number one mm -hmm. in the big, he is number one in the big fantasy golf championship, 5,000 person race. And right. he sent 50, me, which is 50 K to first, which is 50 K to first. Yeah. And he sent me a message, um, in our Slack channel asking, and I want to get your take on it too. I have my opinion, but mm -hmm. we got a lot at stake for my guy, Brett. He has Neiman, uh, Tom, Kim Connors, Hatton and Homa available. Oof. But he's in the lead, so he's front running. He's in here. the yep. He's he's in the lead, and he's two point five million in yeah. front of second place. So he basically just needs 
a solid finish to walk up to walk yeah. up his position. I, I mean, he could lock this up. He if he has if he gets two hundred thousand dollars, he wins the whole thing. Hundred percent, right? Yeah. Um, I would, <laughs> I would play Tom Kim. I don't, I, I gave Neiman because I liked what Neiman, I, Neiman gave that's, like seven strokes ball striking last week, yeah. but yeah, I mean, he, he, I don't, I, I think with Hatton, Hatton's the type of guy you worry about finishing yeah. like T65. For sure. Yeah. Right. I, I well, feel Homa, Homa, I love, but has significantly cooled off the last couple of months. Right. Right. I think, I think Connors, it's always in play. He loses six strokes putting. Yeah. It's Neiman or Tom Kim are the answer. In my I, opinion, I tend to agree with that. Yeah. And honestly, I don't want to like jinx the guy, but I don't believe it. Like he probably can't go wrong here. Right. Like the, the outcome is the guy in second pulls the winner, which is pretty unlikely in itself. And he does not earn like 200,000 that that's the path to like, what are his chances of winning this thing? I think they're, I think they're like 89%. Right? I don't want to do it. Any announcing. <laughs> let's, let's but really we don't twist the knife on Brett here, <laughs> but, but, but we don't, we don't even know who the guy in second place has, right? A lot of people probably at this point in the season have used a lot of their top guys. Right. So, I mean, it's, I, I if I had to make a guess, you know, the player pool of Neiman, Tom Kim, Corey Connors, Hatton, Homa, like that's probably what most people are looking at, at this, you know, you might have Cam Young probably, I think is a, I, I think, although a lot of people, I think used him at the rocket mortgage, but you might have Cam Young, but yeah, I mean, at this stage of the game, it's, it's very doubtful. I don't even think it's good. If you have like Rory and Zalatoris and Xander left, I think you played it wrong. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Um, also, look at this. Look at this outcome. So he's at $18 million with only three wins. Now, his three wins were Zalatoris at 2.7, Cam Smith 2.5, and JT at 2.7. But he just piled top fives all year long 15 compared to the guy in second who had eight of them. He missed one more cut than the guy in second. He just piled top fives all year long. That's what you need, right? It's like, once you get to like a T 27 and a T 45, no real difference. But if you're stacking top fives instead of T 18s, you, you don't need to win a ton. I asked him too. I said, what did your season look like for you to get to, that position. And he was like, you know, I, I was expecting to say I won five, six times. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and you don't necessarily need to, it's, it's, it's a game at top five. So yeah, hats off to him. Good luck, Brett. We, uh, I've, I've tried to jinx you a couple of times. I hope you, I hope you bring it home and bring home the 50 K congrats already. Um, okay. For us, um, I'll have to update the spreadsheet. I'm like a week behind, but I, I'm, I'm rolling Tom Kim here. Okay. Yeah. Final, final week for us, just for bookkeeping purposes, Cam Young for me. Um, good season. I managed to, I had like a B minus version of what Brett did where I've Correct. made 29 of 32 cuts with 20 top 25s, uh, 11 top tens, zero wins. So I'll roll out Cam Young here. And, um, next year, um, next year we're, we're putting our own money down for this wreck. 
uh, between you and I, and we'll have to figure out it when we're starting it, but. We'll also do, let's do like a, I don't know if it'll be like this two week off season or the longer off season. I want to dive into there. There's a lot of um, one and done strategy to be squeezed out of Mm -hmm. this and like analyzing paths to the top and courses and guys that are coming in with, you know, zero weeks of play versus three. Like there's just a, there's a lot that can be squeezed out of one and done strategy. And if these things are only going to get bigger and bigger and bigger, like I want to be a part of it. I think one and done appeals to a lot of non-golf nuts, right? It's a very small commitment in terms of what you have to do from week to week, right? So I've noticed that a, it's. I think it's a rising um, game in terms of the interest that's going to continue to garner. So yeah, absolutely. I need to get better at it myself, to be honest with you. <laughs> All right. Andy Lack available on Twitter at ADP Lack Sports. Uh, go use the code Rick over at Prize Picks. Get yourself a 100% instant deposit match. Use the link in the description. Sign up for rickrungood.com. You get access to Andy's articles, which are always a blast. And uh, you can find me on Twitter at Rick Run Good. Best of luck this week. Talk soon.